welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and superfans analyze and dissect the greatest teen show from the early 2000s. And this week we are discussing Unopened Letter to the World, or Unopened Letters to the World, if you're watching this on the DVD box sets. It's, there's an inconsistency with the title, but it's supposed to be Unopened Letter to the World. Anyway, you all don't care about that. This is the 15th episode of season two. It was written by the show's creator, directed by Gregory Prage, and originally aired on the WB on February 22nd, 2005. This was a really fun episode. Yes, we were joined by the fabulous Brie Leach from A Simple Alias Podcast. You may have remembered uh, two episodes ago when we had her co-host Jess Culler join us. We had an amazing time with Brie. It was so excited. And uh, Caitlin, I get to meet Brie in like two weeks after this episode is airing. Oh my gosh, that's right. That's yeah. so exciting. <laughs> At Buffer and the Vampire Slayer Prom, which just to give everybody a little bit of context, because we actually talk about that in this episode, and like it was basically like an inside baseball thing that we didn't really let anyone in on because we're rude. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Buffer the Vampire Slayer is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast hosted by uh, two amazing women, uh, Kristen Russo and Jenny Owen Yons. And every year, well, it's not every year now, the pandemic threw things off, of course, but they host a Buffy the Vampire Slayer themed prom. And Brie and I are going to be going to said prom. And it's going to be held at the actual high school where Buffy was filmed. And if you are an avid listener of the podcast, you know how much I fucking love Buffy. And yeah, I am losing my fucking mind, okay? It's going to be exciting. (laughs) I cannot imagine the text I'm going to get. (laughs) I really just can't. (laughs) Brie, Jess, Jess will also be there as well, I should clarify. Uh, Brie, Jess, and I will like try to video chat with you, Caitlin. We'll be like, Caitlin! (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? This could be you! (laughs) But you decide to watch Buffy too late, which a little update, um... Since we recorded this episode, because Brie and I also bullied Caitlin into watching Buffy, um, Caitlin has started actually watching it. I'm nine episodes in. Nine episodes. You're you're getting to the good stuff shortly. So three episodes left of season one. Yeah, but you got this. I'm excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for it to get good. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's. I'm telling you, it will. It's. He just. He just got to push through season one. It's. It's gonna be great. I trust you. But anyway, this is not a Buffy podcast, so <laughs> let's move on. As a reminder, this podcast is spoiler free. But stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. Whitey explains to Tree Hill High students that they are each going to record a time capsule video that will be released 50 years from now in 2055. Some of the highlights from the videos are... Anna comes out as bisexual. Brooke talks about life being all about finding love. Lucas reveals that he wants to get close to his father so that he can finally beat him. Nathan talks about trust being a lie. Peyton says she is worried about the pressures of sex, noting that sex is the easy part, but giving your heart to somebody is the scary part. And Jake says he's fallen in love with Peyton. Karen and Dan go through mediation to decide custody for Lucas. In the end, Lucas chooses Dan, and Karen is devastated and confused about why he would do that. Andy tells Karen that he has some dirt on Dan. Oh boy. 
Felix throws Brooke a party for winning student body president. But when she arrives, she feels out of place. Brooke sees Erica Marsh really drunk at the party, and she takes care of her. This gives Brooke the idea to start a safe rides program. Anna asks Mouth to help her delete her time capsule video because she regrets coming out on it. While looking for Anna's video, they find Brooke's video and secretly watch it. While sitting in the jail cell, Lucas reveals to Nathan that the real reason he's staying with Dan is because he's trying to protect Heath. Later that night, Dan eventually bails them out. Jake asks Peyton out on a date, and they take a romantic walk under the stars. They also have a heart-to-heart discussion about taking things slow. And Jules tells Dan that she's telling Keith the truth before she walks down the aisle. Sorting through my own time capsule, and yes, I have a time capsule. <laughs> I'm Caitlin Illinich. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. And my name is Jeremy Rodriguez, and I am gay, and non-binary, and a Latino, and I hate labels. Yes, I love it. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> Thank you. Sneaking out of my own party, I'm Bray Leach. Sneaking out of your own party. That is relatable. <laughs> that is so cute. I love that. I seek out of my own parties all the time, personally. I get that. Yeah. So, Brie, welcome to Always and Forever. Thank you for having me. So, since this is your first episode, tell us, what is your One Tree Hill origin story? How did you come into watching the show? Without spoiling anything, of course. Yeah, so I... I don't remember my first episode that I watched, but I distinctly remember watching it like in my parents' family room, probably with my sister, maybe with my mom. And the first season would have been my first year in college. So I'm guessing that I caught episodes either over winter break or possibly like a summer break. I definitely didn't watch it consistently like Once I started watching it, it was like, when I could catch an episode, I tuned in and otherwise tried to catch up later. And so I think my first, like, full through rewatch was maybe like 10 years ago when it like first came to streaming platforms. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. So you you watch it for, uh, you watch it like during season one, like when it aired or? Yeah, I watched, it was either season one or season two. Um, It was definitely really early on. That I watched bits and pieces of, um, certainly like probably re-airings. Although my school, we had a we had a big break between um, first semester and second semester, so I was home all of January. So it's possible that I also like saw some new episodes as they were brand new, and kind of having nothing to do at home while all my friends were already back at school because <laughs> their winter breaks had already <laughs> ended. <laughs> um, and I, re- I always remember every time I did tune in, I really enjoyed it. But then, like, once I was in school, it was, like, my only, like, things that I was very committed to watching to were usually things that big groups of people were watching. It was, like... That's fair. Like, I had the social aspect to it to, like build in the time right and i know that just said that you taught her how to record uh episodes on vcr (laughs) when i heard that in her episode i did not remember that at all so either she never told me or i just completely forgot 
<laughs> maybe she was going in like super confidently like like oh like what is what is the Cindy you do and like and you probably just so casually said like oh so you just hit the record button yeah and she was like oh wow that's that's interesting yeah I knew that I'm like and, how did I was like, you know, maybe, maybe that was how a confession how did she not know already um yeah because I definitely I mean I started recording things by like Buffy season two probably Buffy season one honestly like I have teacher's pet on tape somewhere um Oh, oh nice. that's amazing. <laughs> but um yeah, I think I mean definitely like freshman year of college, I it was the last season of Angel, and so like that's one that I know for sure I was recording. <laughs> and then I know that like we definitely recorded Alias and Grey's Anatomy because those were things that we watched as like a group of friends, and so if someone had class or something going on, we would watch it later. But yeah, it was funny to hear that and just like when Jess said that because I was like, <laughs> I had no idea. Or if I did, it had like completely been wiped from my brain. <laughs> you changed her life forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another important question that we must know the answer to. Are you Team Caitlin or Team Jeremy? <laughs> AKA Team Layton or Team Brucus? I am Team Brucus. I do. Hell yeah. <laughs> Even this episode, like, we'll get there, but she sneaks out of the party and then she's reading the book that he got her. And I love that part so yeah. much. And, like, it even gave her, like, fashion magazines and everything, mm-hmm. which is, like, a little bit more, like, uh, I don't want to say on brand, but on brand for her. But, yeah, she still, like, treasured the leadership book. Yeah. It just showed that, like, you know, he's part of, like, her developing character. And I just I just really love seeing that. It's such a subtle detail, but I loved it. Yeah. It shows that he really knows her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he got her both. Yeah. He's, that's just... I won't be so upset that you're Brucus. <laughs> a Brucus <laughs> shipper. But... Kayla's going to text me later and be like, we're not going to bring Brie back on the podcast <laughs> ever again. Well, we couldn't bring Jess back on either then. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She's a Brugus fan too. I'm really outnumbered. Like, really outnumbered. But it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay, Caitlin. You're allowed to like Layton. You know, mm-hmm. we still appreciate you. It's it's all good. Don't Layton you worry. forever. I mean, I, I do agree that like, and especially like going through season one again, like, Layton is definitely better in season one. I agree with that, too. It's not till season two when I really start to really feel for Brucus. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nice to see those, like, little bits of Brucus when you're rewatching season one. But mm-hmm. I would say that, like, the emotional grounding is, like, where we are now. Yeah, definitely. And the story, like, leads you there. Like, you're kind of led to, like, Layton more in season one, and you're kind of led to like Brucus a bit more in season two because first off Lucas and Peyton don't really have scenes together mm-hmm. we're at episode 215 and they really don't have much yeah. yeah and we're starting to see like you know Brooke and Lucas you know, seemingly like fall for each other as well and that's why I really appreciate the story because it's more of a love story that this epic sweep in romance which was uh, Lucas and Peyton which I feel like you know we only rooted for them because I feel like the, the writers told us to root for them yeah. So I kind of like the direction this season is going. But anyway, I don't want to delve too much into spoiler territory. So <laughs> let's get into this episode. <laughs> so this episode is titled After the Song, Unopened Letter to the World by the Ataris. And what did everybody think about this song and its connection to the episode? 
Do you want to go first, Brie? Sure. Um, I loved the song. I I listened to the one that you had um, sent me, and then I also found an acoustic cover on Apple Music that I really really. enjoyed um, as well. I think typically I enjoy acoustic songs better anyway, but I feel like especially this one, like the lyrics are so meaningful. And so, I don't know, it almost Mm -hmm. feels like it goes better to be like a slightly quieter song. Um, I could see that. Yeah. After you said that, I'm like, wow, that... I feel like that would sound really pretty. Mm-hmm. You got to send that to us, please. Yeah, definitely. It's still, but it, the cover was, it was not actually a cover. It was just an acoustic version. It was still, still the Ataris. Oh, so it was by the Ataris? Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, I thought. I see what you mean, that it could, a quieter version of the song would be better. Because it's like, it's really emotional. Mm-hmm. You were, you were sad now. Oh, yeah. That. I was just going to say, I think that the lyrics, especially the opening lyrics, really fit this episode you know, the line, the unopened letter to the world that she'll never reply really hits the, like, time capsule theme um, in terms of, like, a recording and leaving something that you may not ever get that reply because where will you be in 50 years? Like, you might not see it or people that you went to school with might not see it. Mm-hmm. And then the, like, line that directly follows that if I died tomorrow, would this song live on forever? I think also really fits well from... The student perspective of, like, what am I going to leave behind? What am I going to share with the world? What do I think they need to know? And that really makes me think, I know I'm jumping ahead a bit, but, like, the end of the episode with Whitey looking at his recording from 50 years prior. I don't know. It just, like, it gives me that feeling, like, in a way, this that video did live on forever, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Because he's getting to see it. He was able to share it with his students. And it was all about, like, basically, you know, what his life would be like and what influence he wanted to have in the world, basically. He's basically, he has an effect on all of his students. You see how he influences them on a day-to-day basis. So, I I don't know. I think that that relates. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to to speak to that scene, like, I really liked how, uh, in the video, he was talking about how, like, you know, he wants to get, he wants a boy, a, a boy of his own. Or he wants a whole lot of kids. And I like how, like, the camera was showing, like, pictures of the past basketball teams to show, like, hey, like, maybe his life didn't necessarily end up the way he thought, but he did get some version of happiness in the ends. Ooh, that's a good point. I didn't really pay attention to that. I just weep during that. Like, I had forgotten that it was him. And so then I get, like, you get to the end and you see that, like, and I'm just like, well, crying like it's so emotional um it also makes me wonder if like do you think whitey showed his whole video to the students or do you think he actually like cut it off where it cuts off in the scene like do you think that the students know that that was him or that he like ended it early yeah because he shuts off the video Mm -hmm. at one point now it's like we wonder, like, did he want to give the kids, like, some type of hope, saying, like, hey, like, life didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but, you know, maybe it will for you? I don't know. Yeah, they, I was like, is this just, like, the way that it was cut, that it makes it seem like he turned it off early, or did he actually turn it off early? And at least what we see of what he shows them, it ends before they say Brian, before he references Camilla. Because even if it just said Brian, they wouldn't necessarily have been like, oh, yeah, that's that's our coach. Like, mm-hmm. but as soon as he says Camilla, yeah. you're like, what? 
Yeah, that's what you. Okay, yeah, that's the moment where you realize, like, oh, this is Whitey. This is young Whitey, who, by the way, is played by Christopher Corbin, Barry, Barry Corbin's real life son. Oh wow, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 when I was like watching that video, I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, that looks just like Whitey. That looks just like a young Whitey. That's a research. Yeah, his real life son. <laughs> that's amazing. They were able to do that. Like, if you look on IMDb, it just says he plays 50s boy. Not young whitey, <laughs> but, like, 50s boy. Like, okay. <laughs> I wonder if he's credited that way because they didn't want anyone to know. Like, when they were casting it, that they were going to be showing. Oh, uh, maybe. Like, keep it in a secret mm-hmm. or whatnot. I guess that could make sense. Because I imagine he probably still had to, like, audition and everything like that. Yeah. But. Probably. Naturally, he got the part. And good for him. Well, that was our side tangent. Yes. <laughs> As we're talking about the song. <laughs> but that's okay. Totally connected. We always do fucking side tangents, you know. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to say about the song, going back to that. One theme that kind of runs through is like this idea of wanting connection. Because the narrator in the song, like at one point he's looking out the window at children and he's like observing different people and he's basically wondering like you know the meaning of his life essentially and I think that that's what a lot of the students in Tree Hill are grappling with when they're recording their videos they're talking a lot about life and like Brooke talks about love and the importance of that in her in life and also Peyton and the same thing with relationships. She's wondering about those. We have Jake who admits that he's falling for Peyton. And I mean, every character basically is kind of grappling with something um, and really trying to figure out what like the meaning of life is to them. And like Anna too, where she's coming out and she's trying to like find her way in the world. So yeah, that was a big theme that I thought connected between the episode and the lyrics here that's a great observation because like yeah those beginning lyrics really caught me since they're they are very on the nose um but -hmm. recognizing those little subtle things is cool to hear about Mm -hmm. yeah and the the other lyric yeah that uh, opened lyrics to that to me as well um but the lyric that stood out to me is mr higginson am i not good enough for the world am i destined only to live the same way that i lived or sorry am i destined only to die the same way that i lived in seclusion and I feel like that just goes back to the whole thing, like, you're, I think you're essentially questioning your worth, and, you know, will you accomplish all the things that, that you're currently hoping for right now? Definitely. That's good. That also makes me think, Jeremy, that it, I think it can be really lonely to be inside your own feelings, and so, mm. like, that seclusion of, like, I'm holding this in and I'm just keeping it all to myself, versus, like, letting it out into the world and sharing it with someone. Yeah, that's true. That definitely like, really applied to Anna because like she sets off to like delete the time capsule video, but then she ends up just recording a completely different message because she ends up realizing like, you know what? No, this is important to let it out and not be alone with my feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great connection. Well, I think this is the deepest song discussion we've had in like <laughs> Season <weeks>. two? <laughs> in season two in general. <laughs> <laughs> See, a third person is amazing because we get to hear a different perspective. 
don't worry. We're all in our cars or wherever we are having the conversation with you. You just can't hear us. <laughs> we want to hear other people's thoughts, honestly. Oh, yeah, please. That's what your Discord's for, right? People join your exactly. Patreon. Yes. <laughs> oh, please but anyway yeah listeners like feel free like you know if you if you don't like what caitlin and i say for any song discussion feel free to like chime in we have a music chat channel come on nice Tell us let's off. do it <laughs> <laughs> but anyway shall we get on to talking about all of the jayton feels yeah now that we talked about Leighton and Brucus, let's talk about Jayden. <laughs> let's talk about Jayden, the more important couple of like, you know, of any of them, let's be honest. Um, I just want to note something. Um, I watched the audio commentary for this on the DVDs, and it's with Brian Greenberg and Ooh. the creator of the show, who shall remain nameless. And uh, I don't want to try to cancel Brian Greenberg right now, but this was 2004. I would like to think he has learned and grown since then. But the show's creator was talking about how, like, back then when Jake had, like, this big secret in season one, uh, a lot of fans back in the day were uh, were thinking that Jake was gay rather than, like, had a kid. And then uh, Brian Greenberg says, oh, I would have killed you if you set me up for that. Ooh. Yeah, it's Ooh, not a good look. <laughs> yeah, Brian Greenberg says that. Mm-hmm. I would like to believe that that was more of, like, I wouldn't have wanted to be set up. I wouldn't have wanted to be involved in the story all along. But just taking the words at face value, like, ugh. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think he was meaning it, like, at face value. Because then he went on to talk about, like, yeah, I like I like making out with Hillary and, like, all this stuff. It's, like, it's very, very cringe. But, <sighs> again, he was he was much younger then. I would like to think he has changed. That's very surprising. Yeah, right? That's what I was saying. Oh, Brian Greenberg, no. <laughs> I don't want to cancel you. But, <laughs> anyway, well... <laughs> I have space oh, for him. Gosh. I definitely have space for him because, you know, different time. But I, I just hope he has grown and changed since then. Me too. That's curious to me because we have the whole Anna storyline in this season that he would need to know about. <laughs> How can you not know about that storyline? You know, when they recorded this commentary, that storyline was already developed. So why would he think that's okay to say that? Because it's a girl, and that is okay, because girls are making out with girls, and it's hot, Caitlin, that is why. I know, but it's <laughs> insensitive There's a lot that we then. can unpack with that. Yeah. Jayton, so let's let's talk about happy things, I guess. With... Yes, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Jayton is adorable in this episode. Oh like, my gosh, mm-hmm. Absolutely adorable. And I will even gladly say that. <laughs> They're just so cute. They have such good chemistry. I love when uh, they're walking along the river. And Jake's like, you warm enough? Peyton's like, mm-hmm. And then Jake's like, that's good, because I had to call it a few favors to get the breeze just right. <laughs> How about the stars? I told them not, not too heavy, so they didn't have to look all movie moment. You know, more than a billion, less than a billion. I just thought that was, like, so adorable. Yeah. You stole my thunder, because I was totally going to read that. <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to use this line next time I go out on date. <laughs> I love when he holds her hand and he's like, some charge extra for this. And she's like, some charge extra for this and like goes in for the kiss. So good. (laughs) Oh, so adorable. It's just like so pure and innocent, honestly. Like, I don't know. There's such a pureness about their relationship. I I don't know why I say that, but it just feels organic. It feels like they're both coming from a good place. You know, it's natural to me. 
Yeah, they're both very. They're like they're adults, even though they're just, they're seventeen. But <laughs> you yeah. know, the show like so accelerate the teenagers to be much older than what they are. But yeah, it's just a it's a very mature relationship, and I love it. Yeah, I love especially like just the honesty and like the way that they talk to each other. Like like the communication is excellent, especially for seventeen year olds. But I would say even for mm. like people in their thirties that still haven't figured out how to <laughs> yes. communicate. I love it. So yeah, I I think uh, Peyton and Jake are definitely like good role models for like this is how you talk in a relationship about your insecurities and all of your fears and everything. Mm -hmm. Like how they had that very honest conversation about sex when Mm -hmm. uh, when Jake found the condoms in Peyton's nightstands. It was just it was just really sweet to actually have them have like a deep conversation about it about like what sex means to them and how they want to take it slow and that's just it, it's it's great it's fucking great and i love that they show that it's like a little bit awkward but it can also be like funny it doesn't have to just be like serious and hard like it's like right she's like uh th- those were not a plant uh they've just been there <laughs> <laughs> and he's like oh gosh now i'm mi- now i'm picturing it <laughs> Yeah, he was imagining he was imagining her with uh, Lucas at first, and then it was like, no, no, that was with Nathan, and she's and he's like, oh, that's not even that's not any better. You know? She's like, please stop picturing it at all. <laughs> <laughs> the one part that I didn't understand was about like their difference in experience levels, because from my understanding, they don't have a difference in experience levels, only in that Jake is a kid. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. Like, the fact that Jake has a kid, how does that mean that he has sex all the time? I don't think that means anything. Because literally, you could have had it one time. It could have resulted in a pregnancy. Yeah. No, I'm glad you pointed that out, because I wanted to call that out as well. I had that thought, too, when I was watching the scene, and then when I was re-watching in his time capsule video, he talks about how he thinks that they have different levels of experience. So I'm like... Maybe there were yeah. a bunch of girls before Nikki, and, like, that's just the one time that the condom failed, or the birth control, or whatever, like, the situation was that resulted yeah. in Jenny, but in that scene itself, where she's like, I mean, obviously you have a daughter, I'm like, yeah, but that could just be, like, one time. <laughs> like... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense, because it's clear that Peyton had a sexual relationship with Nathan. Mm-hmm. And we all are well aware of that, like, since season one. <laughs> yeah. We knew that right away. Yeah, was that, like, a long-term... Like, just because, like, Peyton had, like, one partner, that doesn't mean anything about, like, experience or anything. Like, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it was a weird... It, it was just a weird combat for me, personally. They seem to be on the same level, in my mind, but... Same, yeah. yeah. Anyway, shall we, shall we, uh, do you all want to go to a party and then leave? I would love to. And then afterward we can invent Uber? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when was Uber invented? I meant to look it up and I didn't. It, it was invented in 2004, Brie. Right. That's, that's what it was I'm invented. just wondering, like, did Uber steal Brooke Davis's idea? I feel like probably, yes. They Te- probably did. Technically 2005, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. 2000. Well, this episode could have been filmed in 2004 yeah, or whatever. True. I'm Googling when was Uber invented. I feel like maybe 2011 or 12. That sounds about right. March 2009. Oh, earlier than I expected. No one was using Uber in 2009. I'll tell you that right now. I feel like it didn't until like maybe 2013, 14, like was it used? 
Like, were there even smartphones in 2009? There were, I mean, there were, but, like, not... Not everyone had them, so there's yeah. But no I remember one. like it was like a big deal when like somebody had an iPhone. Like I like when we were in high school, Caitlin. There was yeah. I knew like one person who had an iPhone, and she was like the coolest person ever because <laughs> she had an iPhone. Like you know, meanwhile, like I was like, oh, I have my little flip phone. <laughs> yeah, you know? I didn't get a smartphone until maybe like I want to say 2011, so like 10 years ago. Yeah, I think that I got mine in 2011, maybe 2012. Well, I think 2011. It might have been 2012. Yeah, I but, think that's when it became. Yeah, mine was in 2011 for sure. It was on my 21st birthday. I remember that. Nice. So that's how I celebrated with my first iPhone. My first iPhone was the 4S. So however many inter... So that must have been like four years after iPhones came out. Okay. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Yeah, now we're at, like, what, 13? <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh, I have no idea. But, yes, uh, but Brooke invented Uber with, uh... D- I don't think it's a spoiler to say, but this is uh, DW, not I. Which is what the program ends up being called, because she sees Erica Marsh at the party, and Erica is starting to get taken advantage by a guy, because she's drunk and the guy is being an asshole and i love when brooke takes her takes her away and says like it's rosie palm for you tonight sir <laughs> <laughs> that gave me a little chuckle <laughs> me too um i have questions though yes two questions one at your school did you ever change like student council in the middle of the school year <laughs> because <laughs> i'm still We're not sure there, how how this all happened with brooke <laughs> That's a great point, actually. <laughs> See, okay. I feel like in a perfect world, uh, Brooke would have been president for the next school year. Not currently right now. Right. <laughs> but, but but who knows? Well, remember, this is One Tree Hill world where time doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Seasons one and two are junior year. And then we have, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but three and four are senior year. So, like, the time time just is... Time has no meaning. All over the place. Yeah. Time does not make any sense. Like, people's birthdays are going to be different, different days, depending on what season you're watching. <laughs> you're, it's all over the place. So, we don't have an answer for that question, Bray. Okay. What is your second question? My second you question... You probably not answer to that either. My second question is whether or not either of you have ever been called by your last name. Erica Marsh is so excited about being called by her last name. I have. I definitely have. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, Bray? I don't think so. Um, I know my brother definitely was. Like, he played sports. And so I think that was yeah. maybe kind of where that happened. Like, it's in all of my, like, Instagram handle and Twitter and all of that. Like, I've been called Bleach since I was 12. Um, but not just. Really? But not just Leech. <laughs> Oh well, that's that's such a shame, Bleach. You know, we we gotta start. Uh, you so gotta start getting that response. You're embracing it, Bree. Oh, I I embraced it in sixth grade. I like okay. all of the notes okay. that my friends wrote me. Like we're dressed to Bleach. I was just saying, you want us to start calling you Leech, Leech? Because we can. No, no, no. Bree's good. <laughs> I mean, you can call me Bleach if you want to, but Bree's good. Oh, I was thinking like Leech, like you know, just calling you Leech to like you know keep on brand for the episode because uh, we can do that for no, the rest of the episode. I don't think I'm as cool <laughs> as Erica Marsh. So what'd you say? So I'm not as cool as Erica Marsh. So 
I think you're cooler than Erica Marsh, actually. Oh, I mean, I know you didn't star in the cinematic masterpiece from Justin McKelly, <laughs> but, you know. Oh, God, we're going there again. <laughs> <laughs> but you're pretty damn cool, so I want to, like, you know, sell yourself short, you know. <laughs> that movie is something else. I mean, I haven't watched it, but just... <laughs> we're going to have an episode of Baker Soundstage for it, Caitlin. Just and everything. <laughs> it's definitely something else. Kelly Clarkson's not proud of it. <laughs> But the dance yeah. numbers are great. Mm-hmm. They are. I do remember that. Like, Brie, didn't you say uh, one of your a teacher of yours was? Yeah, one of my dance teachers that I didn't take from super regularly, but he was in from Justin to Kelly as a dancer. He also danced, um, and I think a couple tours with Britney Spears. He was one Ooh. of the meaty cheesy boys in those Jack in the Box commercials. If you remember those. No, I don't. So we don't have but Jack that's... in the Box on the East Coast. Oh. Oh, uh, uh, like, what it's is that? It's a fast food a... joint. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, okay, well, then you probably yeah. have not seen these commercials. I will send you a YouTube link because I'm sure it's on YouTube. It was like a spoof on boy bands. And so they were like the meaty, cheesy boys. And it's like Brandon, who was like the person I took class from a few times, Wade Robson. He's a pretty well-known choreographer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think, like, two other guys that, like, full, like, boy band choreography, styling, like, but they're singing about cheeseburgers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That is awesome. All the more reason to watch it, though. Mm-hmm. Kaylin. Yeah, you're really intriguing me. <laughs> <laughs> But anywho, you know, so Brooke left the party because she realized that she was uh, meant for something more. And then, you know, Felix comes in and he's like, oh, is it more than I planned for you? And then that's when she quoted the JFK quote. Let us not seek to fix the blame for the past. Let us accept our own responsibility for the future. And then Felix is like, proud of you, girlfriends. And Brooke's like, thanks. I'm proud of me, too. I love Which I loved her saying that, the fact that she's proud of herself. Because she doesn't need a boy for validation. Mm-hmm. She, you know, it's not like she was like all moody eyed, like, oh, thank you. That's so sweet or anything like that. She was just, she was proud of herself and that's all she needed. Yeah. Also, Felix is just so annoying and boring right now. It really showed that Brooke is independent and she mm-hmm. can be independent from Felix. And I would agree. Felix and, well, and Anna, too, but, like, they just randomly show up again. Obviously, (laughs) Anna's storyline has way more substance. But Felix, I mean, they both just randomly show up after not being in how many episodes, Jeremy? It's it's been a few, hasn't it? Uh, Yeah, they weren't in episode 14 or... Uh, Felix was in episode 13. Okay. I think. I don't remember. It's all blending together at this point. (laughs) But um, I feel like they haven't really been around, especially Felix. Like, he hasn't really had storylines. He's just basically, he's been there to support Brooke when she was in the crab costume at that... At the crab shack. But she didn't even need him. No, she didn't. And then, like, he was just kind of a side character. Like, he didn't really mean anything. And I feel like in this episode, same thing. Like, he's there, but he doesn't really mean anything. He's throwing her a party that she doesn't even want to be at. Yeah. I'm even, like, more annoyed with him now because, like, I feel like there's, like, nothing to talk about in regards to him anymore. Like, also in the commentary, the show's creator was talking about how, uh, he's like, oh, like, you know, we introduced him as a bad boy, but then he became more interested and more layered. I'm like, is he more interested and more layered now? I don't think so at all. (laughs) No, like, we didn't like him, obviously, in the beginning, but there was a lot to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. 
So, you know, they're trying to make him into a good guy, but I still don't see him as such. You can't buy into Brooke and Felix because he's just like, there's nothing. I don't know. There's no chemistry. Mm -hmm. There's like zero chemistry. And he's not like, you know, he's there to support Brooke, but he's not even really supporting Brooke. Like he only threw this party because you could tell he was jealous of Lucas and her like reaction to the gifts that Lucas got her. The party itself, like he obviously didn't talk to her about what she might want. And she's we've seen her go to so many parties and have so much fun. And she just leaves this one. Like, and it's supposed to be for her, and he's not even hanging out with her. Like, we see her in mm. the one scene talking to Mouth and Lucas and Anna, and then later she's in a room with, like, a bunch of people we don't even know. She doesn't even seem to be talking to anyone when yeah. Erica comes in. And then she's like, all right, I'm just going to take her and we're going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Brooke just realized, like, this isn't her scene anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is totally valid. And it really shows her developing character. I mean, it's fine to enjoy parties, but, like, there's more to Brooke than that, and we're, we're getting yeah. to see that this season, for sure. She has layers, Eds. That's why we fucking love her. This is the Brooke Davis we love. That's what I mean. Like, this is the Brooke that we really love. Like, she's interesting. She's a mm-hmm. really interesting character, and I, I don't know if I can say that about season one, Brooke. She's way more interesting now, at least. She has more depth. We get to see her interests, what she's passionate about. We didn't get to see that in season one. She wasn't fully developed yet. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, are we done talking about that? Do we want to talk about uh, assy haircuts and <laughs> and assy smiles? And <laughs> frat, frat boy haircuts. <laughs> whatever, whatever else Karen said. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just have that as a bullet point. Very assy. <laughs> and I knew exactly what I meant, so <laughs> go, go on me. This is so cringeworthy. Yeah, cringe-worthy for a variety of reasons. The fact that Lucas chooses Dan, that's infuriating to me. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he's doing this to his mom. I get his reasons why. It still doesn't make a lot of sense in my mind. And then second, he's also 17 and you're really going through mediation. <laughs> like, oh my God, like you have less than a year. Yeah, I thought that too. I was like, is it worth it at this point? No. <laughs> you know? Dan got away with no child support for basically, you know, for all 17 years so far. So I don't get how Karen just can force Lucas to stay. Like, I would be like, walk in the doors and you're not coming out because, like, this is ridiculous (laughs) that that Lucas is. (laughs) I, I mean, it's ridiculous that he wants to go live with Dan because Karen knows that there's another reason. I would not let my son go and live with Dan. Yeah. Like, would you? I mean, no, but I also, I definitely think Lucas probably should just tell Karen about, like, what is going on, his reasons for moving in and whatnot. Like, because why is he keeping this a secret at this point? He's trying to protect Keith, but how long can you really protect Keith? The secret is going to come out about Jules. I don't know. You what know? are your thoughts a- on a and leech? Just does, yeah, Brie, what are your thoughts? Because <laughs> I feel like I've said the same thing the past few episodes, but... So I guess one of my first questions that I had, like, watching the scene, I mean, aside from, like, I do find Karen's outbursts to be, like, really funny, and I enjoy her just, like, kind of (laughs) laying into Dan, but at the same time, it feels Mm -hmm. so out of character. Like, she doesn't seem like the person that would lose her cool, especially in such an important situation. And then I was, like, surprised that there were no, like, I mean, I'm not familiar with mediation, but I feel like it would be 
I feel like they would each have their own lawyers there too. Not just like someone that's sort of listening to each party. Mm. But yeah, I I do agree. I think I think it's weird that they're going through mediation when like Lucas is so close to being 18. And I think that Luke, like I know Lucas is trying to protect Keith, but I think he's I feel like that's actually secondary. I think his biggest is still because of his test results. And I don't know why he wouldn't just tell her. Like, she would figure it out. She's figured out the last 17 years of his life. She would figure this out, too. Right, for sure. He's definitely used a Dan for the money in that regard. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you should absolutely do that yeah. because America's healthcare system sucks. Which, that's a whole other tangent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that I always just introduce and never go into. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's it, though. It just seems out of character for Lucas. I think that's what I've been getting at this whole time. It it feels like a forced storyline. Like, really, would Lucas keep this from Karen? This big important thing about his life and his health, and then also the the secret about Jules. You would think that he would want to tell his mom. It's not. It's making less and less sense to me. What his actions. Like, what really is helping the situation? You have your mom who's mad at you and who is really hurt and doesn't understand why you would be leaving because it makes no sense why you would be leaving Karen to go live with Dan. I know he wants to get close to Dan and try to beat him, but, like, come on. Karen would help you, (laughs) basically. Right, like, if you you look at what's happening at Karen's house, like, Andy is, like, already like let me get some investigators on this guy like we can figure Mm -hmm. it out like you have a team of support if you stay with your mom and like exactly what are you gonna like oh if i get close to him i can beat him but can you what does that even mean (laughs) yeah that's a good point i was gonna say like andy is fucking rich if like you know if andy and karen like work out like can't you just be like hey andy can you pay for all these uh <laughs> these medical bills mm-hmm. i know that's like kind of moving fast between karen and andy be like hey like i know we just started dating and you're my professor and all but uh can, we, can you uh pay all my son's <laughs> medical bills and everything but you know what you Relation- just gotta do what you gotta do relationships move fast on this show jeremy i mean <laughs> I really keith and jules they bought a house well keith bought a house like yes. Nathan and Haley yeah. are already married and on the outs, so <laughs> you gotta move quick, or it's just not gonna happen on One oh Tree my Hill. God. Yeah, that's that is true. Um, <laughs> too shy. Because <laughs> when you think about it, like what 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 point are we at in season two? Like, is this like uh, the the season two take place the course of like three months? Does it take place the course of seven months? I don't I don't know. No one ever knows. Time doesn't mean anything. We already established yeah. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. this is like a, I, I feel like there has to be like some type of like deep essay about like philosophy on One Tree Hill, like <laughs> like time and One Tree Hill, an essay <laughs> by whoever, whatever the philosopher's name is. <laughs> like, what is the definitive? If somebody please write this, I would love to hear it. Um. But, I mean, regardless, like, I know, like, Karen's, like, really stressed out about everything that was going on with Lucas, but I did like when when Lucas was in the jail cell, and, and Karen is, just, she's concerned at first, she asks first, like, are you okay? And she says, do you have a quarter in your pocket? She's asking all these questions first, and then she says, okay, then call the father you love so much. Mm-hmm. 
she showed that she cared, but once she knew that he was safe and he he was he had the ability to make a phone call to somebody else, that's when she established her boundary right there. And I really like that. Yeah, that was great. I mean, I would be really mad at him too. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I just can't imagine what Karen's feeling. This is so confusing. It's like infuriating that Lucas is doing this. From her perspective, there's no reason yet. She knows there's a reason, but like she doesn't know what that reason is. Which is probably just making her worry even more. Mm-hmm. That it's like such a big thing that he would not tell her and go live with Dan. I know. Yeah. She's a ball of anxiety, basically. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. But speaking of the whole Lucas being in jail thing, let's get into how that happens with Nathan's drunk driving. <sighs> there are so many things going on in this. Nathan is falling apart. <laughs> He, yes, he really is. Like, he is a hot mess. And, like, I get that he's torn up about Haley, but driving drunk, and this is the stuff that he used to do. Remember, he crashed Peyton's car in season one? Like, mm-hmm. and it was like a hit and run. Yep. So now he's like doing similar behaviors now. So he's back to that. <laughs> yeah, he quit his job at the dealership. Mm-hmm. Which, like, how is he going to pay rent <laughs> quitting his job? Yeah, honestly. I know. I wonder if that's ever established in the series. I mean, we don't, we can never figure out how they afford rent to begin with, like with these part time jobs. So, <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Cause I'm sure he can't get like unemployment or anything if you quit. That is beyond our understanding of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the things that we just suspend our disbelief on. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, you're saying, you know, you're saying Nathan just make like all these dumb decisions. And I'm sure like, you know, he'll look back on and realize like, you know what, that was fucking numb. Why did I do that? Because I feel like when you are heartbroken, you're not always thinking rationally. I'm speaking as somebody who's like, I have two friends who are going through a breakup right now, actually. And one of them in particular is making a lot of like really dumb decisions, not to call this person out, but they're just, they could be making much better decisions right now with their life. So, I got it. You're confused, and you're not thinking straight, and he's also a teenager, so, like, I get it. There's a lot going on there. But, like, getting other people involved and drinking and driving. Like, I I can't believe Lucas got roped into this, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he was trying to be the good guy to get in the car with Nathan and try to stop him, and then things get worse, and they both end up in jail. Yeah. Also, um, how did uh, Lucas and Nathan switch places in the car so quickly? Yeah. Because uh... <laughs> time has no meaning on one trail. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you got it. <laughs> was, was it 10 seconds or was it like like 30 minutes between when they had to like swap, switch places? Like, I feel like you see the police lights coming around the corner when they do finally yeah. pull over. So I feel like it couldn't have been... And to, like, I feel like if you were the police officer, you'd be able to see people switching spots, like, <laughs> if it what, like, if, like, it's definitely if they got out of the car and, like, ran around to the other side, but even if they were, like, right. somehow in that tiny car, like, trying to climb over each other and, like, I <laughs> know. like, true, I just don't think you could do it that quickly. <laughs> Time has no meaning in one trail. <laughs> That's funny, actually. <laughs> It's a good point, though. I do like the moment in the jail cell. <laughs> when they get into a fight or when Not they Not when they get into compromise. the fight. It's after the fight <laughs> when they actually yeah. have a heart-to-heart conversation. Mm-hmm. And Lucas fills Nathan in. 
because they really haven't talked about any of this at all. Mm-hmm. And he fills Nathan in about like why he's staying with Dan, the real reason, and then that Keith and Deb slept together. Mm-hmm. And Dan's getting back at them, or Keith specifically, by hiring Jules. And it's just like Nathan's mm-hmm. reaction is like, oh my god. It's really hard to believe. I love that Nathan gets real with Lucas in that conversation, too. Like, mm-hmm. explaining that it didn't go to voicemail and he did talk to Haley. And like, like if she loves me and I love her, then why can't it just all work out? Yeah. Like, it just seems so simple to Nathan. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't seem to understand, like, things are complicated. You know, this relationship is very, very fucking complicated. Their breakup is complicated. It's There's so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. But later on, Lucas says, Haley still loves you, and maybe you should love her when she's lesser, too, because he was talking about how uh, how Haley fell in love with him when he was a lesser person, when he was, like, you know, kind of a jackass, and, you know, he's just trying to show, like, maybe you should return the favor, and I just love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good thing to point out to Nathan. I feel like he needed to hear that. Yeah. Shows, like, people are imperfect, and sometimes you just gotta love them anyway. Yep. Yeah, that's really true. Just like Caitlin and I are very imperfect with uh <laughs> with our uh Brucus uh Leighton rivalry, you know. But we love each other anyway. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh damn, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, moving on. I guess we're more like uh Jules and uh and Keith right now. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that was an awkward transition. Let's <laughs> <laughs> you gotta so, have awkward transitions. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know that's how I roll. You know that. Uh, but Jules tells Dan that she's going to tell Keith the truth. And then Dan is like, he doesn't need to know a thing. And then you're left wondering, like, oh no, what's going to happen here? But Jules says she doesn't believe him, and I, she has no reason to believe him. He's such a manipulator. Yeah. I don't believe him. <laughs> Absolutely not. But he always kept his word, just like he said. If you think about it, he... He really has kept the end of the bargain for, like, all these little deals that he's been making. That doesn't mean it make him a good person. <laughs> but he's holding that over her head, you know, this whole time. Even though she wants to be out of the situation, she actually does love Keith. It's, ugh, he's just so repulsive. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and even when Dan goes to bail out Nathan and Lucas, and he's talking to Lucas, like, on the steps before Lucas goes after Nathan, like... Dan doesn't say anything to Lucas, which would be like a way to sort of give that indication that he was telling the truth. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And and so in that way, it's like, okay, well, even if you're telling the truth that you're not going to manipulate Jules anymore, you're going to continue to manipulate your son by not telling him that you've kind of cut off this deal. And like, Lucas doesn't need hmm. to protect Keith from you anymore. Oh, that's a valid point. I'm trying to recall now. The, the Dan, Dan knows that Lucas knows, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. I'm really fuzzy on the details. These episodes are blended together at this point. Yeah, because even like when they're on the steps before Nathan walks off, Nathan says something, and Dan's like, oh, you told him? Oh, yeah, that's right. And so like that would have been a perfect, op- like the opportunity is open right there for you to say, oh, I, ca- I called it off. I just talked to, Ju- like, I just saw Jules. Oh, oh, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, why didn't he say anything? Dan just loves to. Well, Dan's not a good person, so he's gonna pull, <laughs> he's gonna pull strings to benefit him, and he wants to be 
close to Lucas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he has control where he has not had control previously. And you have to think of it from that perspective, unfortunately. Like, you can't think of him as, like, genuinely wanting to get to know his son. Like, there's always an ulterior motive. Yeah, I'm just laughing. She said that so innocently. <laughs> You're like, well, well, Dan's a bad person. <laughs> Am, I mean, it's true. No way. Is he? Is he? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he was, like, a nice, wholesome character. Like, the sweetest character we've ever had on the show. Like, nicer than Mouth, nicer than, than Peyton, nicer than, like, you know, Lucas in, like, the early days. Like, I, I, I just think he's wholesome. Well, you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> very, very wrong. I'm just being a smartass. <laughs> anyway. Anything else we want to unpack about this whole thing, other than the fact that Keith buys Jules a fucking house? That's what I have as a bullet point. Keith buys Jules a fucking house. It's interesting with (laughs) scenes between Jules and Keith, because obviously we as the audience know what's going on. I just notice Jules' expression every time that Keith is like being genuine and trying to like move forward with their relationship in some way. And like Jules is like cringing on the inside because she like, she wants to, um, like, kind of give herself over to Keith and, like, fully feel her feelings, but, like, she has to hold back because she has all this guilt. So I just mm-hmm. always notice her expression. I think Maria Menounos does a good job in yeah. portraying her. She has a really good nuanced performance, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And does she even act anymore? I haven't even, like... I don't even know if I've seen her act. So she she's like a big like host. She of like yes, she was just in a Christmas movie though that will be coming out. Um, oh really? With actually with Janet Kramer. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yep. You guys could have a whole like separate like as part of podcast. your like yeah as part of your like movie rewatch or your movie podcast like you could do a whole Christmas movie thing with One Tree Hill people. <laughs> I know. We, they all do Christmas movies. We have thought about doing that, actually. <laughs> We're like, do we have time for this? I don't think I could watch that many Christmas movies. I think I would want to, like, I just die because <laughs> yeah, it's like, just uh, too much. Yeah, like, Joy, you know, this past holiday season, uh, Joy had one, Chad had one. Apparently, Maria Menounos and Chad Kramer had one. Um, Robert Buckley has one. <laughs> That's five right there that I'm counting, like, off the top of my head. Yeah. That's a lot. There then, is that like, one with, like... like counting other years. Yeah, I was gonna say, there was one year that had, like, four people in it. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good... I think that's the only one I watched. <laughs> I think they had that mini reunion special afterwards. Yeah. They did, yes. That's what it was drew like me a, in, yeah. Yeah, that was, like, a One Tree Hill reunion. Yeah, it had Hillary to Neil... Robert Pockley. Uh, I think Antoine. Antoine yeah. Yeah. So fun. Oh, not Tyler Hilton? Because there was one with Hillary Tyler, Burton I think Tyler Hilton wasn't and that. Tyler Hilton. I think Tyler Hilton wasn't that one. He was like, a, he had like a cameo or something like that. And I think um, Jimmy, Jimmy's character from One Tree Hill, he had a oh. very small part. Oh. Okay. Anyway. I could be blending <laughs> all these movies together, but like, yes, there was some, there was a one movie where there Christmas was multiple. Movie town. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like, wait, are you talking about the movie where the where the woman like uh, moves back to her hometown and leaves her big city job? So to take over her father's Christmas store. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you talking about that one? She's jaded when it comes to love. <laughs> 
She goes to a Christmas tree farm, reconnects with her old high school sweetheart. That one. Oh. Oh. Are you talking about the one where she falls in love with Santa Claus? <laughs> Or like it turns out to be Santa Claus's son or something. There's... Oh my god, it's too much. <laughs> they really need to get more creative. <laughs> but I guess it's the beauty of it because people just want you know happy, nothing crazy. Yeah. <laughs> nothing crazy happens in those movies. <laughs> it's such a shame this episode isn't going to air until after the holiday. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> it's going to be so thematic. <laughs> We're recording this around De- in December, by the way. Everyone who's <laughs> listening. So. <laughs> That's funny. But anyway, shall we uh, get into talking about Anna and her time capsule confession and how she like broke into the school with Mouth? And Mouth wore a mask. <laughs> that was so funny. That was so cute. <laughs> they were being spy. Bray, this is why we brought you in for this episode because like they were doing like some spy work. <laughs> So it like you know cro- it crossed over into alias you know totally There's- yes totally. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they didn't get caught so they clearly did a great job. Mm-hmm. So uh, so do you think Mouth is like better than Sydney Bristow? Do you think he's like on par with Sydney Bristow? What are you what are your thoughts? I don't think he's good as Sydney. <laughs> okay. I think that him and Marshall would get along really well though. Oh my god, all of a sudden I'm just imagine a fanfic where Marshall and Albert get together and chatting. Someone make it so. I'm sure there's like a really niche fandom that like, you know, makes One Tree Hill and Alias fanfiction crossovers. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. Can we talk about how they actually broke into a school? <laughs> yeah. And no alarms are going off, and they're just chilling in there for, what, an hour as he's going through the footage, and they're watching the footage. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. Maybe Tree Hill has, like, less security. No security at all. It's not like, I mean, it's not like our high school, Caitlin. Like, there was, you know, there were security guards and everything. Our security was really strict at our high school. I know. They would come into the bathroom, too. It was weird, yeah. And they would knock on the stall to make sure, like, you were actually using the bathroom. I remember that happened oh, one time. I'm like, I'm using the bathroom, and I'm yeah, not yeah, opening the, this, so. Yeah, somebody knocks on the stall one time and said, do you have a hall pass? I'm like, yep. okay, like, we'll just ignore the fact that I'm pooping right now, and I will, like, get up and show you my hall pass. Same oh thing gosh. happened to me. This is ridiculous. Ugh. <laughs> Was that your experience, Bray? No, no, not at all. It's it's <laughs> such an interesting experience for me watching basically any like TV or movie. I feel like the campuses have are like indoor campuses and they have hallways and whatnot. And that was like not my experience of growing up and going to school in Southern California. Um, like mm-hmm. it's all outdoors and there might be one so, hallway oh, period. <laughs> like like my That's high school awesome. didn't have any hallways. like we had separate buildings and then like it was just open air in between and so like like if i lived near my hometown like i could just walk on the campus right now um because it's just open um like the the stadium is gated off um and i think they might gate off like the parking lot and like lock that at certain hours but otherwise like there weren't any gates to like get onto campus or to like leave camp like they usually had someone stationed like by the parking lot for like going off campus for lunch when to like check your id to make sure you were allowed to go off campus for lunch 
But I'm pretty sure that if someone tried to sneak off campus for lunch, they would have been fine because of just the way the campus was laid out. And so it's always interesting for me to like watch like any kind of show that has an indoor school, which totally makes sense for a school that's like on the East Coast where you have weather. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that wouldn't work in the East Coast (laughs) at all. Can you imagine that in the snow, Jeremy? Yeah, like walking outside, like, you know, wearing like a big ass coach, like going to our locker, like no big deal. (laughs) Oh, I wish I lived in Southern California. (laughs) That sounds amazing. But for security purposes, that also doesn't seem like a very safe setup, but nothing safe anymore. No, probably not. I think it was my sophomore year. There was a bomb found in like one of the bathrooms and Mm -hmm. they deployed it and didn't evacuate us. Um, oh gosh. So I guess they could oh like tell from it that it was like fine. I was like, wait, but we've done all of these drills. Like, isn't the whole point that we're supposed to evacuate? Uh, <laughs> like, but yeah, it's probably, not, I mean, especially now, like, I mean, the last time I went, the like top corner still looked totally open. So there might be other places that they've added gates, but they haven't put gates around the whole campus. Mm, interesting. Anyway, Tree Hill's security is not tight though as we could say like it's fine (laughs) they just walk on in basically Mm -hmm. i mean mouth was wearing that mask it was very good at blending in you know so you may have just like been sneaking around no cameras i think it's fine yeah you know (laughs) but anyway they decide to break into the school because anna wants to delete her video where she initially came out as bisexual Mm -hmm. but she ends up decided to come out anyway in the video she deletes it, and then she comes out anyway. But one that I have to uh, gently call out. Anna says that she is gay and straight. And this is like one of those situations where you definitely tell this is this episode was written by a straight person. Because bisexuality, you're not gay and straight. You're not 50% gay, 50% straight. You are 100% bisexual. That's just definitely something I want to call out as far as bisexual erasure is concerned, too. Also, too, like, I feel like at first when she said that, when she says, uh, like, my name is Anna Tagara and I'm gay. And then I was thinking to myself, at least during my first watch of this show, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, like, maybe she realized that she's actually gay and then she came out, but then she had to ruin it by saying, like, and straight. So I'm just saying, do better, writers. That's all. It's a good note for the writers. I had the same, especially because I haven't seen it in so long. Like, when she re-recorded it, I was like, oh, maybe I, like, wasn't remembering Anna correctly. Like, maybe she wasn't bisexual. Maybe she was gay. And then she adds that, like, mm. and I'm straight. And I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good at all. <laughs> I do like that she decides to still come out in her second recording. Mm-hmm. But it also made me wonder why. I mean, I, I know she adds the part about, like, hating labels. But it made me wonder why she decided to re-record it all together versus just keeping the original one. Yeah. I guess maybe like the like in the initial video when she was just like, well, if I haven't had the courage to come out to my mm. friends and family, then surprise. There obviously wasn't like confidence behind that. Whereas in this video, she actually had some of the some confidence behind those words. That's true. I think it was emphasizing like her different identities and like she's trying to figure out who she is, basically. In the second recording, like she mentions her sexuality even though that's not accurate. But then she says, I'm Latina, too. So, like, 
Yeah. I feel like it was the point of it was trying to emphasize like she's she's many parts to her, you know, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. come across right in 2021. And I know we talked about this before, Jeremy, how like the word queer might have been better suited for Anna just Mm because she was trying to figure herself out. And that might have been a better word in this re-recording. Yeah. However, obviously at the time that word wasn't acceptable to use. Right, exactly. So, you know, she she made a conscious effort to use the word bisexual in that first recording, which that's great. But then you decide to change it by saying like gay and straights. But yeah, I, I guess you're correct though in saying like it's talking about all of her identities. Yeah. And all these like facets to her personality. It's just it, those particular two labels don't work hand in hand together, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I think we all know that. It, they just contradict each other. Like the word bisexual obviously is like what she is associating. I don't know why the re-recording couldn't have still included that. And it, yeah. it could have included like she's bisexual, she's Latina. She could have went on and said other things too about who yeah, she exactly. is. Yeah, exactly. She could have said she's powerful. a woman. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot. I almost wonder if, uh, like, Brie, to go back to what you were asking, like what inspired her to like, uh, you know, just re-record and basically say the same thing. I wonder if, like, after watching some of the other videos that she did, mm-hmm. like, she was re- she was watching Brooke's video, and everybody is, like, sort of, like, questioned their life and everything, and I wonder if that just inspired her to speak her truth as well, or just speak a better version of her truth. That's a good point. I also wonder, to your point about, like, like, we know it now in 2021 as, like, bisexual erasure, which, I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. that many bisexuals at the time also saw it that way, but... I wonder if just because maybe the word wasn't used as often, maybe like if we wanted to like headcanon it and try and figure out like the answer to the question, like maybe Anna thought people would understand better. Like people know what gay means and people know what straight means. And so if I use these two words and I mean, we're Uh, trying to like write it into the like, that's definitely like a headcanon answer. Like the real answer is obviously that the writer of the show was a straight person like <laughs> right right yeah 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 <laughs> i gotcha like i i kind of do that too like i like i identify as queer personally but sometimes just to make it easier on people i even said in my intro i said that i'm gay <laughs> you know so sometimes i do that just to make it easier for some people to understand because i just don't want to deal with the whole thing what does that mean <laughs> you know mm-hmm same thing with me recently coming out as non-binary and whatnot. I'm like, it's just like, I, I don't want to explain it sometimes, <laughs> you know? So I yeah. like that headcanon now. Do you think that Anna was already having questions about wanting to, like, erase her original recording, like, as soon as she recorded it? Or do you think it was mouth mentioning that sometimes they get opened sooner that made her want to? I think it was that. Because, yeah, you see her face, like, after mouth mentions that. And then that's when she gets, like, a bunch of anxiety, and she says, like, you know what, I think we need to, I think we need to delete this right now. I think 50 years seems like a long time, and, I mean, it wouldn't be very likely that she wouldn't come out in 50 years, you know? I mean, I guess it could happen, but, like, it wouldn't be very likely that it would. But if it Mm -hmm. was released earlier than that, you know, let's say it was 10 years or 20 years or something, like, maybe she's not ready for it then. I don't think this will get released soon at all, you know? No, not at all. Anyhow, um, but I do like the moment where, uh, on, a, on a completely different note, I do like the moment where Anna decides to come out to mouth. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact, like, you know, they're basically strangers. They don't know each other very well. And I just thought that was uh, that was very sweet because 
sometimes you can, it's, sometimes it's just easier to open up to strangers in a way, you know? Yeah, and I love that Mouth asks her that, too. I think Mouth also kind of gives off a safe space kind of vibe, too. Yeah, actually. exactly, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes, like I said, like, the people that you barely know can, like, be that safe space to you. Like, to put a parallel to this, Bri, Bri, I don't think I've ever actually told you this, so I'm using this platform to officially tell you. So... Last June, June of 2020, I was going through, like, a really rough time, like, in my life in general. And, like, you know, people were there for me. Like, they were great. Caitlin was there for me. But then, like, I remember around that time, so, like, Brie and I are in a bunch, of diff- a bunch of different Facebook groups together, like, a bunch of different, like, mental health support groups and whatnot. And, like, you know, Brie was, like, one of the people who, like, you know, she was, like, following the story, like, commented on posts and everything like that. But every now and then, like, Brie, you would just, like reply to an instagram story like do something completely innocuous like it, it's a, it wasn't like a deep conversation or anything like that but it was just like so meaningful to just have like you know somebody who i barely know just like reach out very subtly here and there and so i like i would like to think that you were definitely like my mouth in that situation oh i'm glad i could be that person for you jeremy yeah absolutely <laughs> And, you know, since then, like, you and I have talked, like, much more. And now we're on a podcast together. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> and we're going to Buffering Prom. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I cannot imagine Jeremy during that weekend. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. He's going to be on the overload. <laughs> like, Jeremy times 10. <laughs> and Bree gets to see it in action. And yes. Jess. I get to see you in action, too. It's going to be so excited. And J- Jess, Jerry, it's going to be... Jeremy, Jess, and I will be sending you messages, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be yes, like, you have this, to. Is, this is where you can be if you watch Buffy. Mm-hmm. I want to play-by-play because... <laughs> you could be at prom at Sunnydale High School if you watched the show. That's so cool that they're doing it at the actual high school. Like, that... I just can't imagine my favorite show, like, being on the, in the actual building. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, It's going to be amazing. But anyway, that's another side tangent. tangent. (laughs) We can, you know, we can always turn this into a Buffy podcast, Caitlin. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just saying. Just a tiny tangent in every episode, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Caitlin can can let all of us know when she starts watching. Yep. I think mm-hmm. I better start soon because the pressure's mounting, and I, I feel like Jeremy's just not going to be my friend anymore. <laughs> I'm telling you, as I was saying, like you know, with uh, you know, before we started recording, like I have a friend who lives in Scotland. We're five hours ahead from each other. We started season one last week. <laughs> we are now on season three, episode six, Caitlin. That is a lot. We, despite the fact we're in different time zones, <laughs> <laughs> different time zones. We both have jobs. We are doing this. <laughs> that is amazing. But anyway, time capsule confessions. Let's talk about some of these uh, revelations. Oh, no. One other thing I wanted to say. Oh, sure. They watch Brooke's tapes. And oh, then Matt, yeah, We didn't talk about that know. yet. And oh, my gosh. There's so many things wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask. thoughts because I, oh, that made me cringe, too. You mean, uh, like, the violation of the privacy mm-hmm. part? Or? Yeah. Mm. Like, I get the accident of, like, accidentally watching part of Tim's as he's, like, fast-forwarding and, like, trying to, like, yeah. make sure that it's, like, oh, he's got it. And and he even, like, cuts it off pretty yeah. quick. And he's, like, oh, I've, I've, we're in. Here it is. And then they're, like – but then he, like, st- he intentionally stops on Brooks and watches it. Mm. Like, yep. 
Like, oh yeah, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was so like absorbed with the facts, like, oh, what did Brooke say? Mm-hmm. And like, what are her inner thoughts? I wasn't even thinking about like the problematic aspect of like, you know, violating her privacy. Because she's talking about mouth in one of the segments, saying like he would be, um, what was the word? S- Senator McFadden. Senator, Senator. That's for some reason yeah. I had governor. I was like, that's not it. Senator McFadden. <laughs> governor McFadden would be cool yep. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that makes it even more like, oh, he wasn't supposed to hear that, you know? Yeah. Like, even though it's a nice compliment and everything, like, she was just, I mean, these are all private thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, if they wanted to, like, broadcast this to the viewers, I guess they could have just showed, like, Brooke recorded the video as opposed to like seeing it through Mouth's eyes, mm-hmm. you know. Hmm. I never honestly thought about that, but that's a great, great point. Really? You never thought about it? Yeah. No, I, I feel like I was just so absorbed because like, I wanted yeah. to know what Brooke said that I never even thought about it. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good point. Do you think, how many do you think that they watched? Like, do you think they only watched Tim and Brooke? Or do you think they ended up watching like, the one after Brooke and the one after that, or like as they're fast forwarding, like stopping and being like, oh, what did Lucas say? Oh, what did this person that we know say? I'm pretty sure they just watched Brooke because they said that they were only going to watch two minutes of it. And I do believe that is the truth. And I think, I mean, Anna didn't really have any motivation to watch anyone's tapes, honestly. But like, obviously, Mouth had motivation too. He likes Brooke. Mm hmm. I mean, I get it. Like, it would be really tempting to to see what Brooke said, especially when he heard the first little segment, which was about mm-hmm. him. In a way, who wouldn't stop and watch it, you know, out of, just out of curiosity. Yeah. So I, I can't fully blame him, but it's definitely something to discuss. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> wow. But what Brooke said was really cool. Yeah, no, it was. I do agree with that. This is listed as, I, I so full disclosure, I don't know what my favorite quote is going to be in the episode, but I jotted this one down. Uh, when, when Brooke says, anyway, here's all you really need to know about today. If you're fat, dumb, sexual, and a guy, you're okay. If you're a girl, not so much. Please tell me that's changed in the future. And then we hear Anna being like, don't count on it. <laughs> And I really do hope that does get changed by 2055. In 2021, it sure hasn't changed. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary, too. I know. Yeah, that's a good quote. That's a really good one. And then it was everything she was talking about, like, you know, but the importance of being loved. Mm-hmm. And she says, if you're robots or aliens or something and you're watching this right now and feel it, and that feeling no longer exists, well, you missed it. And I feel sorry for you. Because as far as I can tell, that's what it's all about. And that's what I know it should be about. And it just shows, like, what, that's what Brooke wants, and that's what she needs right now. Yeah. Yeah, it was really meaningful what she said. But we shouldn't have been watching it through Mouth's eyes, yeah. (laughs) I know, yeah, we were watching it through Mouth's eyes. Which is so interesting, because we get, we get all of the other characters, like, not through anyone's gaze. It's just, like, them in the recording booth, like, breaking the fourth wall and looking to us as the viewers. Because they're just, like, recording for the future. Yeah, it's very... I wonder if it's, like, kind of male-gazy, if you think about it. Like, how they focus on the fact that, you know, Brooke's, like, uh, in 10 years she'll be married to somebody like Marvin McFadden. Mm-hmm. It just shows that, like, she's kind of being objectified in a way. 
which I feel like that's something we can unpack about with Mouth and how, like, there are some moments where he is problematic. Yeah. I don't really have, like, a a, a good statement about this, honestly, <laughs> other than I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there, I don't have a clear statement either. I just, I mean, I think it's wrong that they watched it, but, like, I understand why he did. And mm-hmm. everything that Brooke said was really meaningful. And yeah, that's yeah, all I have to say absolutely. about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought her quotes were like the standout ones, honestly. Of, oh, for sure. Of the confessionals or whatever you want to call it, time capsule videos. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, shall we talk about some of the other time capsule confessions? Yeah. We see Nathan saying, trust is a lie. He's just... That's all I remember what he Depressing <laughs> and, yeah. He has nothing positive to say at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, I mean, come on. Like, I know your wife just left you, but, like, can you, like, lighten up for a second? Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and that he hopes that voicemail doesn't exist anymore, which is sort of true. I'm like, please don't leave me a voicemail. Leaves <laughs> <laughs> voicemails anymore, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting that he says that in his recording for the time capsule, but then we learn when he's talking to Lucas that he did talk to Haley, so... I wonder if he got voicemail a few times, or if it was, like, I wonder why he was thinking about voicemail when he did his recording. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he tried to call multiple times. I mean, we only know of the one time, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know, honestly. Clearly, yeah. he hasn't spoken to Haley, which, I mean, I guess she's not returning his calls, which that's a whole other thing. I mean, wow. Yeah. They really are, they're a mess. Like, they're not on the same page at all. I think Haley's a little bit heartbroken, too. And we can't just, like, forget about that sometimes. I know it's easy to make her the bad guy, but... Yeah, especially because we're not... We haven't seen her. Like, we haven't seen her in episodes. Like, Mm -hmm. I guess maybe it's only been a couple episodes, but it feels like it's been a long time. And we're only getting his perspective. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, all we see is his negativity and his depression. And we don't see Haley's perspective at all so it's like easy to make her out as the villain in this yeah but from Haley's perspective Nathan did say like if you if you go on tour then it's over between us that's that's gotta be heartbreaking yeah I guess Mm -hmm. she's hurt about that and maybe she doesn't want to talk to him for that reason because she just needs space now yeah Yeah. to do her music thing it's so complicated and they just made it more complicated honestly yeah like this didn't have to be Mm. as complicated as it is yeah, but I, I like the complication of it, though, because I feel like this is just real life, mm-hmm, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like I said, to go back to my friends who are going through the breakup right now and whatnot, I feel like, you know, it's, like, I feel like a lot of people are blaming the person who did the breaking up, but nobody's really thinking about, like, the person, like, why that person wanted to break up and everything like that. You know, there's so many layers to how relationships work and everything. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. Everyone has their own perspective, and it's hard to, like... understand the other side yeah exactly but as far as the other confessions are concerned (laughs) i really liked um well i thought lucas i mean we already kind of talked about what lucas said but i thought it was pretty powerful um i'm gonna read his quote actually oh please do but that doesn't change the fact that i need to get closer to my father because if i can get closer to him maybe i can find a way to beat him once and for all Set the people that I love free. I just hope I have the strength to tear him down for good. Oh, and Chad's delivery of that line is wonderful. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
And that was a great way because that was towards the very end of the episode. So like it was a powerful like ending, I thought. <clears throat> and Absolutely. it really like, you know, makes his motivation for all of his recent actions clear even though obviously we have issues with that <laughs> we talked about already but it like in that moment it makes it like his reason for the decisions that he's made he has a motive <laughs> yeah um we already talked about Peyton's confessions about like how about sex and everything she said sex is the easy part giving your heart to somebody that's the scary part i love that hers is like the same as jake's because he's like oh i'm doing yeah. something that i've never done before like i'm I'm falling in love. And so it's like they have so like sweet. two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. I know. It was so sweet. I love getting to hear that. Also, apparently Tim is saying all the hot girls. <laughs> Included Brooke Davis and Ada Tagaro. Yeah. <laughs> Such a creep. <laughs> oh, Tim. That's a that problem, too. Like, it, like, it's funny. Like, oh, look, it's Tim. He's being such a dimwit, but... You know, like, yeah. saying stuff that just lies, no, don't do that, kids, <laughs> you know? I feel like the only redeeming factor to it is that it's, like, he thinks no one's going to hear it for 50 years. <laughs> to be like, why do I need to Because, like, I mean, again, like, there's definitely problems with it, but as I was, like, watching all of their different things that they shared, it's like, they're getting really deep and really personal, and, like, I can't see myself as a person that would trust trust that like i would probably do something very generic and be like here's what life is like today but not like <laughs> let me bear my soul yeah and so like i agree right, exactly. and so maybe tim's perspective was like this whole project is a joke i'm just gonna make something up like i'm not gonna bear my soul to a camera that anyone could read or anyone could watch. Mm-hmm. As a teenager, too, like, would you be comfortable doing that? Like, I would be even less comfortable as a teenager, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of time capsules, and in connection to my funny intro from the beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to share a quick little tidbit. My friends and yes, I um, had a time capsule back in high school. We started it. And oh. we put a bunch of, like, I don't know, like, different items in there that were important to us at the time and we made predictions and then we opened it it was like just a few years later we opened it and then we put more uh, more things in it and new predictions and we were supposed to open it when we turned 30 which was like some of us turned 30 last year and and some turned 30 this year but we still haven't opened it yet <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> so I'm trying to organize that because that'll be hilarious to see ah nice yeah. And that was like 2013 when we put everything in there last. So it's been it's been a minute. <laughs> okay, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> not video recordings, but like just paper, you know, predictions and stuff. Do you remember what any of yours were? I have. I really don't remember at all. <laughs> It'll be a total surprise. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be fun. Did any of you, like, I know you didn't do videos, but any of you, like, write letters or something about how, like, you need to get closer to your father so you can beat him? <laughs> yes, or... just like that. Exactly like that. Okay, gotcha. Because <laughs> totally a mainstream problem. <laughs> uh, shall we get into uh, talking about this, uh, Coda? Yeah. Yeah, so we hear the song You've Changed by Betty Servert. 
I have no idea how to pronounce I'm that. I'm guessing sure that's, that's, that's how you spell it. Or, say. Say <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off at the river court. Lucas reminds Nathan of the lesson Nathan told him after the accident. Just start shooting one day and deal with the pain. Somewhere along the way, it gets easier. And then we cut to Karen's house where Andy tells Karen that his uh, private investigator found something on Dan. So unfortunately, he did not uh, he did not hire a hitman like we thought <laughs> in our last episode. <laughs> anyway, Bree, would you like to read every third bullet point? Yeah, so then we go to Tree Hill High where Mouth tells Anna that he will keep her secret, but also jokingly asks her not to hit on Brooke because he has enough competition for her as it is. That was cute. Yeah. I enjoyed that moment. <laughs> And then we see Anna's time capsule video, which we already talked about. And then we cut to uh, Peyton's bedroom, and then we see them making out on the bed, because that's what they like to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we see Jake's time capsule video. When he's falling in love. Uh-huh. So adorable. Then we're at the river court. Lucas and Nathan play ball. And then we see Lucas's time capsule video, which uh, that's one of uh, Caitlin's friends totally has a letter uh, with a very similar confession about that. Yep. <laughs> And <laughs> yep, we then have another we go, Dan Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to Keith's place uh, where Jules comes home and they embrace. Oh, yeah. And then we see young Whitey's time capsule video, which, oh my gosh. <sighs> my heart. <laughs> Seriously. Just give Barry Corbin more work. I am just saying. Mm-hmm. I am going to keep saying that. Honestly. Probably every other week. All the scenes like that with Whitey, they're just so, like, they're just so beautiful and emotional and i just get all the feels every time oh yeah I, like i said i could say this every week but i, I mean i'm not going to say it every week because i'm only going to say it when uh when barry corbin appears in an episode <laughs> and that's probably like you know like two or three times a season Come it's on. not often enough <laughs> no it's not he's just lovely but anyhow sh- shall we talk about some of our uh favorite things sure our, our favorite quotes brie why don't you go first So, my favorite quote is from Anna's second recording when she says, I'm just trying to find my way, like most kids. I guess that part is timeless. Because I also think it would work very well if you remove, like most kids. I think all of us are always trying to find our way at whatever point in life we are at. Oh, for sure. This episode, honestly, has so many good quotes. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that quote. I love Brooke's quote. <laughs> like, there's just so many, and I have a whole different one that I like. And oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm going to go as far as to say that's my favorite as well, just because of the meaning behind it. And I know, like, you know, she says I'm gay and straight, which, you know, problematic. We already unpacked that, but I still think it's really meaningful. Yeah. And also, um, a, a special uh, shout out to Brooke when she says, last week they sold one, they sold one of the O's in my first name, so now I'm officially broke. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. <laughs> <laughs> it was just adorable. So I wanted to, when I was, like, writing down, like, different quotes, I definitely, like, noted that one, but I was like, can you give a favorite quote to Erica's silent reaction to? Brooke's Brooke's bad joke that is still really funny even though it's a bad joke. Yeah, she has like this look like on her like I I don't even know how to describe it. She like scrunches her eyebrows. That was funny. But 
what was your favorite, Caitlin? So I really love what Jake said on his date with Peyton, what Jeremy read er- earlier in the episode. Uh, nice. yes. I'm going to say it again just because Jeremy stole my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. But you better read it in like a very dramatic oh, fashion. Just re- read it like Jake Chagalsi would say at the paint and just okay. like feel it, Caitlin. Feel it. You warm enough? Mm-hmm. That's good. Thought I'd call in a few favors to get the breeze just right. How about the stars? I told them not to go too heavy, so it didn't look all movie moment. You know, more than a million, less than a billion. <laughs> he says it's so casual. Like it, it just like rolled off the tongue and I loved it. Mm, I was feeling that reading yeah. for real. Like, I'm glad you liked it. I feel like Peyton would have definitely fallen in love with that. Like, if you were the one like saying that to her, I I feel it. <laughs> I love that. And then my honorable <laughs> my honorable mention would be what uh, Lucas's um, time capsule video with the whole Dan thing. I love that. Mm. Just because yes, it was absolutely. like, damn, he's gonna bring Dan down. Do it. Oh, he will. <laughs> If I was giving an honorable mention, it would be to Karen asking Lucas if he had a quarter in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a funny one, too. There's so many. Oh, my gosh. Do you have a quarter in your pocket? Good. Call the father he loves so much. <laughs> yep. With his assy frat boy haircut. <laughs> I could have given that whole monologue as my favorite quote, yeah. honestly. It's just interesting. But musical moments, what's yours, Bray? So my favorite musical moment is... Flying High. So the song that plays over Brooke's time capsule video and then like into the cell with Nathan and Lucas. Um, I had to like think really hard about it though because my favorite song is Looking for Love. And I was like, but is this my favorite musical moment? And I decided it wasn't. Brie knows the difference. <laughs> I love it. I know. Jeremy's very <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite musical moment was The Looking for Love by Michelle Featherstone, actually. And I was thinking that, too. I'm like, this is the best song. But, like, I liked the moment, too, because it played over, like, Jake and Peyton were together. Mm-hmm. I think they were on the bed. And then you see um, Jules and Dan at the church. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like, as Jeremy would say, it's a little bit on the nose. Because, like, you see the relationship with Jake and Peyton. But then also, like... Jules is at the chapel or the church or whatever and she's kind of like seeking answers for what to do because she's in love with Keith and I don't know the title of the song like it just is on the nose I think and uh I genuinely like that vibe of the moment that the song it is a good moment yeah Mm -hmm, for sure um my favorite is also uh flying high by Jem just because it was just so pretty seeing that song playing over top of over Brooke's video. And we do love Brooke. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, I just, I just love anything with Brooke. And <laughs> just keep Sophia Bush on my TV screen. That's all I ask. Yes, please. But as far as rating is concerned, I give it four out of five, calling out double standards. Because this episode was entertaining. It had its moments. Um, we unpacked some of the problematic elements here and there. Um, yeah, it was it just had it was entertaining. I give it four out of five time capsule confessions. Oh. I thought it was an entertaining episode too. I didn't think there was any part that like was boring to me. I didn't give it the five, but I think it's a decent episode. Okay. What about you, Bree? I also gave it four out of five unopened letters to the world. <laughs> oh. Love it. <laughs> uh. 
Yeah, I think it's. I see what you did there. <laughs> I think it's a really strong episode. Um, I think the, I think that with so many confessions, it does start to feel a little bit like repetitive. And so I think that's mm. the only thing holding it back from five stars for me. But at the same time, like, it's nice to see all of those, like, inner thoughts of where, where are all of our characters right now, especially after we've spent a little, little over a season and a half with them. And we're, you know, more than halfway through season two. And like, they're not things that they would necessarily share with each other. So I do think it's like really, really solid. But at the same time, like, there's a lot of confessions. Yeah. I agree. It's definitely revealing of who these characters are. That's a really good point. And I, I feel like this episode kind of develops a lot of their, like, it's further developing their characters moving mm-hmm. forward. And I don't know. It's just an overall a revealing episode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it'd be very interesting if any of these secrets got out. You know, um, just wonder what would happen if anything had happened. I mean, the Sonic Capsule is going to be revealed in 50 years, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, we it's didn't see Whitey's confession for 50 years, so. And even then, did they get to see the whole thing? We don't know. <laughs> We never. Yeah, true. <laughs> so it's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be fine. Like all these secrets are going to be kept for 50 years, not till 2055. Mm-hmm. And we're not even at 2055 now. So like yeah. <laughs> we got a long ways to go still. We're not. We're not yet. I don't know. I don't know. The last two years feel like they've been about 50. <laughs> I know. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. You can tell me it was 2055 tomorrow. I'd be like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Brie, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, Where can people find you in your podcast? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bleach226. And then the podcast is A Simple Alias. And we are a spoiler-free alias rewatch. And you can find us on all social media, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Simple Alias Cast, and you can email us at a simple alias cast at gmail.com. All right, awesome. And will you be joining us for the spoiler segment? Yes. How oh, I'm yeah. excited. I'm so excited. Thanks for joining us, Bray. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysOTHpod. You can also email us at AlwaysOTHpod at gmail.com. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can find me on Twitter at RodriguezJeremy. And I'm Caitlin Illinich, and you can find me on Twitter at MissIReads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. You can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com slash alwaysothpod for more information. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya. Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your last reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers. Yeah. So it's really fortunate that the time capsule never gets unleashed, right? Totally fortunate. We never know what yeah. happens. Like they do this time capsule, and like nothing ever comes of it. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a weird plot point that they just like introduce, and 
it doesn't go anywhere. It's definitely not exactly a year later in episode 15 of season three. <laughs> you're right. It is episode 15. Yeah. yeah, it is episode 15 of season three. You're oh, absolutely right. Oh, it's true. It's right. a full season later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's it's a year later, but not a year later because mm-hmm. yeah. time and tree. Oh, health. my gosh. You're right. So when it was actually released, there's still... Wait a minute. So they... They would be in their next school year, but it wouldn't be a year. It would just be a few months. Yeah. Because yeah. they'd be seniors. I have a vivid memory that I know Keith's uh, funeral. Okay, but there's like discrepancies on this. But okay, so fun facts. I don't know if I ever mentioned this in the spoiler segment of a podcast or anything like that. But if you like look at their singular uh, cell phones, if you look at the dates of the text messages... You can actually get, like, a rough idea of, like, the date that things are taking place in. Oh. So I remember Lucas Ah. gets a text message, uh, like, right after Keith's funeral. And it's, like, January uh, 2006. Okay. But, but, you know, like I said, this is after after the school shooting. This is after, uh, you know, this is after everything that happened with Jimmy Edwards. But then in season four, you'll find out that Jimmy Edwards died in March 2006. So honestly, there's... (laughs) Are you serious? There was no point in me even running this up. They actually <laughs> say what month it is that he died? Yeah, yeah like, it is it, it is tombstone. Oh, they go to his tombstone in one episode. that's why. Okay. And it says March 2006. You're like, okay. So then See, is... That wouldn't even make any sense because season four is the second half of their senior year. So if it was March in season three, that means... Oh my god, that means their senior year, which would be the entirety of season four, was like two months. Two months. <laughs> or a month. <laughs> and, I mean, the whole Haley pregnancy thing, oh my god. <laughs> That's a whole other story, because like, that, that makes even less sense. <laughs> yeah, I was just doing that math in my head too, Caitlin. I was like, wait, if it was March, but then season four. <laughs> they really sucked at planning this. Like, why didn't they yeah. know after season one what they were going to do and have a clear, like, a little bit clearer plan? I think they were just making shit up as they went along, honestly. I think so, too. Like, I don't even know if it was, like, established that, like, oh, they're in their junior year in season one. Why didn't they have it each was a school year? Like, I mean, they already are way older. The actors are already way older than the age they're playing. So why didn't they just make them freshmen? Well, I know they didn't want them to make them freshmen during season one because they wanted them to, like, drive and oh, stuff. yeah. True. And, like, have, like, access to more, like, adult mm-hmm. things. But you would think that would make more sense, of course. My only thought is that, wow. I mean, so many shows that are set in high school, I feel like they sort of struggle to find their footing when high school ends. I mean, you see it a little bit with, like, Buffy season four, even though there are plenty of, like, standout episodes in that season. It's still, like, mm-hmm. not as strong of a season. And then you see it, like, when Rory goes off to college and Gilmore Girls. Like, again, like, there's yeah. that, like, trying to figure out what this, you know, Saved by the Bell. Like, there are so many, like, shows that you can look at throughout history. So, like, maybe they thought if we split it up to kind of extend it, maybe that would help um or just from like listening to drama queens and them talking about how they they as cast members were told that they were like on the bubble every year maybe they really weren't planning that far ahead in the writer's room because they didn't know if they'd get renewed maybe yeah yeah they definitely didn't know in season one (laughs) that's for sure definitely still poor planning though (laughs) like (laughs) at least i get the dates like somewhat correct you know or 
you know, make something up. Like, if uh, if season one takes place in just in 2003, you should do that. Yeah, like, have, like, somewhat, like, some sort of, like, continuity or, like, historian on staff. Like, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure that that's a position that exists, and I don't know the exact name of it, but it's, like, someone that specifically is in charge of continuity. I like that. Because, like, not even the actors know continuity sometimes. It's, like, I remember, like, listening to a commentary with Chad, and he was saying, like, somebody was asking him in the commentary, like, oh, so which one of you is older, like, uh, Nathan or Lucas? And <laughs> Lucas and, and Chad's like, oh, I don't know, they never explained that to us. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, Chad, you literally spoke this line, you said that you're three months older. <laughs> you also <laughs> call him little brother. <laughs> like. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I know, too. right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll give them some credit because, like, they're learning so much dialogue, like, week after week after week that it would be, like, yeah. hard to remember everything, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Yeah, that's fair as well, but uh, it's just it's just so messy. And don't even get me started on Jamie's birthday. Like, <laughs> he was born at the end of, uh, <laughs> during graduation from high school. Oh, but then his uh, birthday is during basketball season in the next season. <laughs> but then, oh, then his birthday is in September during, like, this season. Like, what? get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Watch your <real> writers. <laughs> yeah, the timing. But anyway, oh. we talk about this every week, though. But anyway, the time capsule gets unleashed. It's uh, Rachel Gatina who unleashes it. Oh, I didn't remember who released it, so I'm glad that you <laughs> had that. Yeah, it was her. And to the best of my knowledge, uh, Caitlin, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, like, Rachel never gets, like, outed for it. She tells Mouth, but nobody else ever finds out that she did it. Are you sure about that? I don't think so. I'm having fuzzy memories, but I don't think it's a big thing. I want to say that she doesn't just because then I think I would remember it was her. Like, I definitely remember speculation on whether or not it was Jimmy because of everything that happens with Jimmy. Um... Mm -hmm. But I couldn't remember what, or, like, whether it was actually Jimmy or, like, who it was. So, I feel like if it was Rachel, I'd remember, like, the repercussions of it. Yeah. And I don't think there is any, honestly, because I think she just says it. She never reveals it. Yeah, I can't really recall, honestly. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find out, just like, uh, just like the new fans. <laughs> I think this is, this is clever storytelling. How they introduce this whole time capsule and then it comes back a season later Mm -hmm. and it has such a big effect on the show. Like, I mean, that was Mm -hmm. the turning point of the entire show. Um, And I can't wait to talk about that and really like analyze how that was handled because I still don't know how I feel about that being on like school shootings being made into TV. But that's a whole nother conversation. Um, Regardless, I think it is clever storytelling that this came back yeah. and it in a way like i know we just talked about how like their planning sucks but this was really yeah. good planning <laughs> this was good planning. <laughs> and like jimmy's character like he wasn't really on the show he was only on it for the very beginning of season one and that was it and then it it makes sense that like he was the character because like everyone forgot about him and he like he basically didn't exist mm-hmm. in the character's worlds so it just made him even more like he was a loner. And I remember, uh, to, not to completely go off subject, but we were talking about the whole thing, how, you know, it was problematic for Mouth to, like, look at Brooks' time capsule video. But I remember that actually triggers a storyline 
where Brooke figures out that Mouth Watcher video yes. before it was unleashed. And then that causes like a little bit of conflict. I don't think that conflict really goes anywhere because of course the shooting happens and I think like everybody just realizes like, hey, there's more important things to worry about. Like this is a an important conflict right now. Yeah, I I think he says something. He uses the phrase Senator McFadden or something. He said he says it's a Peyton in season three. And then Peyton t- casually yeah. talks to Brooke, and she's like, and she's like, oh, like, th- that's not the first time you told him that. And then Brooke was like, wait, what? And Peyton's like, yeah, he told me about that before. And then Brooke's like, I never said anything about that. Oh. Yep, that's the episode where um, Peyton and Mouth go with Mouth's grandpa to the race mm-hmm. car track or whatever, the go-karts or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the fantasy, the fantasy boy, draft, boy draft Yeah. So, yep, I remember that exactly. So it, I'm yeah. glad that that comes back because like that was too important that they that they saw the video or, or Mouth saw her video and if they had never addressed it again, you mm-hmm. know what was the point of that? Yeah, there were there were definitely repercussions mm-hmm. in regards to Mouth watching it. So I think that's also why I didn't really think too much about that, like him watching the video too, because I knew there were repercussions. In that, because I don't remember that storyline. Do we find out if he watched the whole video this time? He does not. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why. I was going to say something you know, about this video. <laughs> like, you go, Jeremy, because maybe we'll say the same thing. Uh, so, in the video, um, Brooke also takes her top yep, off. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I was going to say. She says something along the lines like, well, you know, since this is like 50 years ago, there needs to be some sort of record of my body at its peak. <laughs> and then she takes her top off, like, like shows her boobs to the camera, and... Mouth, like, did not see that part. And, he, and there's actually, like, a a, 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 a a very important line where he tells Brooke, like, you know, I didn't watch it long enough to see you take your clothes off. And Brooke's like, no, it's not about that. Mm. It's not about seeing me naked. It's about the fact that I was bearing my soul and you portrayed that confidence. Got it. So, but yeah, he did only watch two minutes of the video. <laughs> okay. We know that because of this. So when we were talking <laughs> about that earlier, I did, it didn't dawn on me, but... As we were just talking now, I'm like, Brooke flashes the video camera, so <laughs> Mouth couldn't have seen all of it. <laughs> and it's just sort of added in. like, and, and again, why? Why was that added in? I know. It's just creepy. The creator of the show, probably. Creepy. <laughs> Another thing, too, like, uh, I remember Brooke asked Mouth, like, you know, like, oh, why did you watch it? Like, how did you get access to the video? And then Mouth said, like, I was uh, helping a friend. And then Brooke says, okay, who? The mouth is like, I can't say. So I love that, like, even, like, a year later, a few months later, a few days later, whatever the fucking timeline <laughs> is, he, he still kept, uh, like, Anna's promise that he wasn't going to out her or reveal her secrets. Mm-hmm. So just to give him a little bit of credit there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, like, she shares all of that, but then obviously we lose Anna as a character. So... Her video is released to the world, but like we never get to see anything more from her. I know, and which it's, is a shame. It's a tragedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. It would have been nice if she her character continued a little bit longer. Like they could have kicked Felix out, but if they continue, yeah, send Felix yeah. to military school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Anna would necessarily have had a place in the show, like till the end or anything, but maybe a little bit more from her. I think a lot more from her, but. Yeah. We would have seen her and Peyton hook up if, like, the writers actually had courage for it 
events, but they didn't at the time. No. Nope. You know? I can't wait for them to talk about that on Drama Queens, because I'm sure Hillary will be, like, all about it, you know? Yeah. Oh, she would have been down for it. Yep. But anyway, Bray, now that you're here in the spoiler segment, is there anything you want to talk about? You can let loose. <laughs> um, well, I will say officially, since we're going to cut it out earlier... <laughs> I, do, yeah. I do think that like Peyton and Lucas end nicely. Like it feels it feels right. I think so too. Um but even up to the very end I was always like, but could Brooke and Lucas get back together? Because they were so great together. Yeah. Yeah, the whole um end of season five, beginning of season six where like he there's the three calls with the three women. Peyton, Lindsay, and Brooke. <sighs> I mean, you remember that? No offense, I remember Lindsay, waiting I just... from season to season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, sorry, what were you saying? I was just saying, no offense to Lindsay, but she just always was like, "You're you're wasting my time. Like, I need, <laughs> I need you out of the picture." Yeah, I got you. The one that I always liked about like her character, though, was like I feel like it would have been so easy for her to be like evil. Yeah, they could have written her as like this evil villain, but she wasn't that. Right, she was actually like a good person. She was just a distraction from you know the eventual late end. Right, you know. Yeah, and then the only other thing that I had noted to talk about was Keith and Jules. I guess I'm curious to know whether you think Dan really would have kept that promise if. The events that take place in the next episode and Keith finding out, like, I guess we never really get the opportunity to see if Dan was telling the truth because Keith finds out via other mm-hmm. means. We don't. Yeah, because Karen ends up, Karen finds out from the private investigator they Andy hired and then that's when Karen confronts Jules mm-hmm. about the situation. That's what causes Jules to leave. Yeah. And I feel like deep down that was all part of Dan's plan. I feel like maybe he would have made it a little bit easier for he wouldn't have made it so easy for everybody to find out for like a private investigator to find out about the situation he would have i feel like he would have hit it a little bit better yeah that's true i think it was inevitable the way it ended however i wish we did get a little bit more jules and keith beyond it like basically jules just disappears keith goes off to find her and then it's just like that's the end of that well, Maria Menounos probably wasn't available to film another season. <laughs> That's where the details came in. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> oh. uh, plus, they wanted to they wanted to put Keith and Karen together so they could kill him off <sighs> and make us cry our eyes oh out. Oh my god! Forever. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to reliving that. I mean, I can picture it so vividly in my head. I've seen the episode a bunch of times, but wow. Yeah, I already have a, I already have like a joke plan for season three, episode fourteen, which is the Sparkle Classic. That's the episode where Keith proposes, and I'm gonna be like, okay, that's the end of the series now, everybody. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. the series as we know <laughs> it, was, it. It was nice chatting with all of you for three seasons. That's the end. <laughs> so just FYI, like not to spoil like future episodes of this <laughs> podcast, but that's a joke I have plans. <laughs> and the ending, oh my god, I love that episode, and I love that's one of my favorite endings. Mm-hmm. Of the whole show, that's a good, literally. Well, it's fine because that's the end of the show, Caitlin. <laughs> I know it's so happy and just like joyful, and oh my god, yeah. It then makes it even hurt. It hurts more to know what comes after mm-hmm. that. So. Yeah, that was a great series finale, though. Yep, yep, Am I right? Yep. Yep. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm taking a look at the time right now, and I'm just saying somewhere a clock is ticking. <laughs> 
And that is the title of the next episode we will be discussing, which is season two, episode 16. And damn, that was probably the easiest transition I could ever do. <laughs> <It really was. laughs> and taken from our OTH DVD box sets, for better, for worse, Keith and Jules' wedding day brings many couples closer. Jake and Peyton, Andy and Karen, Lucas and Brooke, but not Keith and Jules. Cool. All right. Do you want to do this awkward? Uh, we'll be yep. seeing ya. Yep. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> say we lead into this every week now, Caitlin. <laughs> Even when it's just the two of us. Okay. On go. We're all going to say we'll be seeing ya. Okay. Are we ready for this? Three, two, one, go. We'll be seeing ya. We'll be seeing ya. That was great. That was, that was the best work we've ever done. <laughs>